This, 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 we are gathered here today for the Fight Disciples UFC and Boxing Talk. How you doing? Hope you well. Thank you so much for downloading today's show. Coming up, Nick and his wife take the mick out of my proper day job. God, this fella doesn't half sound like the fellow Foxy Bingo. It doesn't half sound like Adam. It doesn't half sound. <laughs> Is this what he does in the daytime? Read, read traffic reports and play fucking. You know, shit dance music. And I was like, yeah, that's what he does for a living, yeah. <laughs> I am a radio presenter. Yeah? This is what I kind of do. You do magazines, I do Traffic radio. control. So every- Stay clear of the M62. <laughs> Fucking hell, you've been saying that for an hour. To wind his wife up, I decide to take the maturity level of this show to the next level. And I said that word, she went, don't say that word, it makes him sound disgusting. So I just kept doing it. And now, obviously, it's a wind-up word, isn't it? Whenever I want to wind it up, titties. You know what I mean? Brilliant. You've got to chuck it in there. It's a great word. Great I, word. It's one I don't use, actually. I go with boobies at the moment. I'm teaching the baby boobies. <laughs> and, of course, with this being UFC 210 specific, we make some predictions, baby. I'm going to go for a Rumble Johnson knockout in the first round. Shit the bad! You've just said... <laughs> Just like, commit to something, so I'm going to commit oh, to it. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Welcome to episode 90 of the Fight Disciples podcast. Um, if you subscribe to us, thank you. If you don't and you've just stumbled across us and this is a one-off for you, please come and subscribe. There are three free fight sports uh, podcasts for you every single week on our website, fightdisciples.com. Go there. Wednesday, we do two shows. They're available to download. One of them is Merseyside-specific boxing. The second one is a boxing worldwide type show. And then you've got this one, which obviously caters for mixed martial arts and UFC. Three a week, absolutely free. Come and join us, fightdisciples.com. We're also on all social medias, at Fight Disciples, at Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. I'm going to need you to use those if your names are Glenn Luke, Paul Cat, and Damian Hamilton. The reason why I've read those names out is if you listen to our boxing show, we've been running a guest list. Uh, for the Terry Flanagan, Liam Williams, Liam Smith fights this weekend in Manchester. All courtesy of Frank Warren. Thank you very much to him. Um, And yesterday I did a little bit of a rundown and gave away as many names as we could in a minute for our guest list. Well, I had a word with Frank yesterday and he said, you might as well round this up. And he gave me another three um, pairs of tickets uh, to stick on that guest list. Um, And I've uh, gone to our iTunes where people have left us five-star reviews. Thank you so much for doing that. Um, and I've randomly picked three names off, but then when I've checked our social media, I don't have any contact for those three people that I've just mentioned there. So Glenn Luke, Paul Cat, I think that's your proper name. These are the names that are on the uh, the iTunes review, yeah? Uh, and Damien Hamilton. If you can contact me on any of our social media platforms, like I said, at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, I'll be able to sort you out and get you in with us at the weekend. All right? So I can't wait for the weekend. That's no, going to be great. I've, I've spoke to uh, Frank Warren's team as well, and I'm not, I'm not going press area. I'm going to sit with the I'm going to sit with the fight disciples. You're up in the with stands. The team? I'm sitting with the team. Yeah, we're going to have a laugh. Well, I'm going to look a bit of a weapon down there. Uh, we're, we're, we're just going to sit there and take the piss out of it. I'm thinking about taking Derry Matthews with me. Actually, me and Derry will uh, keep them keep everyone company. Really? <laughs> well, the lads seemed to like it last time. It was me and Derry. So, <laughs> <laughs> did you actually see somebody has left a review on our iTunes? Go, uh, people can do this now. You can go to Fight Disciples on iTunes and have a look. People are obviously referring to parts of the show within their review, yeah? Yeah. A lot of it is obviously taking the piss out of me when I were on holiday and you and Derry did the show together and everybody loves that compared to obviously doing it with me. But somebody's actually, I think they've actually titled it as the Derry Matthews show. That's That's one of the reviews that's on there. The other one is Derry and his mate don't know much about the other guy, right? (laughs) These are all people that listen to us and are loyal to us on a week-to-week basis. I can't slag them off because I love them for coming and being part of the show, but they're not here for me. Don't give a shit about me. It's all about Derry. Maybe Derry's going to have to do a guest slot on the show. Maybe so. Maybe you should give Derry a show. Maybe. Um, it'd be wonderful if he did attend. Well, he's uh, he's fought on Frank Warren cards at the weekend. I'm sure Derry probably will be there, knowing Derry. He loves um, Get him up the in the stands so. with the lads. Oh, in fact, he will definitely be there, of course. JJ Metcalf's on the undercard, so Derry will be there. So after JJ's fight, you are going to invite I'm gonna Derry. I'm going to grab, I'll get Derry up into the crowd. To, to hang uh, out with you out with and the... all the fight disciples. Yes. Meanwhile, I'm cadged on my own. You'll be sitting ringside like By myself. Dope. We'll just take the piss out of you from the back. <laughs> 
I'm not. I'm, 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 I'm going to phone Frank Warren up later on and get a new ticket. I'm going to go up into the stand. Sit with the real fans. That's what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit with the guys. So once again, Glenn Luke, Paul Catt, Damian Hamilton to add to Jonathan Barber, Liam McGrady, uh, Liam Noon, Scott McGee, Andrew Guilford, Ben Larkin, Tony Greenwood and Rob Holness. We will see you all Saturday night. But the la- first three that I mentioned there, you've got to get in contact with me on social media. Yeah. Plus, that- we're going to tell you all where we're going to have a bevy beforehand as well. Yeah, keep an eye on our social media as well, because we're definitely going out for a bevy pre-show yep. on Saturday night. Now, let's get on to uh, something else. Before we talk UFC, and obviously a fantastic card coming up this weekend for UFC 210. And uh, obviously looking back at Paddy the Baddy at the weekend. Mm-hmm. Um, your wife was listening to me on the radio yesterday and didn't actually know that it was me on the radio. No, she said, uh, well, this this guy doesn't know, sound like Adam. And I was like, yeah, it's funny, doesn't it? Because it is. It's funny because it's me, Jane, yeah? <laughs> Why'd you think I was on? You know what I mean? <laughs> Bloody hell. He's, God, this fella doesn't half sound like the fellow Foxy Bingo. It doesn't half sound like Adam. It doesn't half sound... <laughs> is this what he does over the daytime? Read, read traffic reports and play fucking... You know, shit dance music. And I was like, yeah, that's what he does for a living, yeah. I am a radio presenter. Yeah? This is what I kind of do. You do magazines, I do Traffic radio. Traffic control. So every- stay clear of the M62. <laughs> fuck it, hell, you've been saying that for an hour. Let it go. Mate, stay away from M6 Northbound yesterday. It was absolutely bonkers. <laughs> so your wife accidentally came across a radio programme that I was doing in real life. Does she just think I exist in this podcast? I think so, yeah. It's yeah. just in here. She thinks I just scrape, I just drag it out of a box like the gimp. Just, just to do this podcast and then to put you back in the box. But there's a, put the marble back in your I mouth like and it. put you back in the box. I like it. Adam, what? Adam works. Adam's, <laughs> Adam's oh, got a real job. Adam does other stuff. <laughs> All right. Okay. So this kid sounds a lot like him. Yeah, exactly. There you go. So it is me. There you go. Uh, I've noticed that you ain't got your beads on today. Why not? I forgot. I f- I yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. of a lie. I jumped on the train and I was like, oh, no way. I haven't put my beads on. He's going to take the piss now even more, saying I haven't worn them. But it's not sunny, though, is it? It's no. not cracking the flags today. We're recording. It's quite it's quite glum outside. It looks like it's going to piss down. This is not bead-wearing weather. I'll tell you what, Paddy, the baddies fans will be wearing beads. Tell you what, With mate. the age group that they were Listen, at the weekend. let me tell you, before we get excited about UFC 210, we've got to afford a portion of this show to Paddy the Baddy Pimlet, Cage Warriors 62, I think it was. Or 82. 82. From last weekend at the Echo Arena. Man, that was a special, special thing. I know we talked about it briefly on the Radio City Talk show earlier in the week, but man, we've got to come back to this. 8,000 tickets sold. The mm. place was absolutely rammed. For those that didn't Kids listen, everywhere. I was going to say, for those that didn't listen to the to our Radio City talk show, you actually talk about the age demographic that are in Phenomenal. the stadium, man. Talk Never ever it. seen anything like that in almost 20 years of covering fight sports on pretty much every continent. I've never, ever seen that many kids at a live fight When you say before. kids, how old are you talking? I'm talking pockets of, on their own, on the floor, so good seats. I'm talking pockets of 13 to 16, 17-year-olds, like groups, 10, 8, whatever. And then up in the stands, individual dads with three or four kids, obviously their son or whatever. And, and his mates and, and, and there's mates and whatever. And they were like seven, eight, and nine. And they're in the stands all chanting Paddy the Baddy. They've all got homemade Paddy the Baddy t-shirts. Mad. It was absolutely bonkers. And obviously Paddy's got that incredible golden mane, that big Ketwig. Yeah. Man, it was Ketwig City. The kids, obviously that's the Liverpool look anyway. It's that <laughs> big hairdo. It's like the Beatles look has come back. They've all got it. And uh, honestly, there was so much hair and acne in that room it was ridiculous but harness it man because that's the future isn't it that, they're the guys 100% that the 100% and I've talked about this briefly as I say on our show early in the week on the Merseyside show but listen I was at the Merseyside derby early in the day the demographic there must have been my, older than me plus 40s now yeah, yeah, you, yeah. families don't go to Premier League no more not no one Liverpool. can fucking afford it not at Liverpool well the most, there's a lot of Norwegians there's yeah. a lot of tourists but yeah, obviously yeah. now because of Liverpool's new stand it's well over it's £1,200 for a season ticket like I've got a season ticket on the cop that's best part of 800 quid. yeah so you find a demographic there ain't no kids at Anfield no more or the very few if there are the little day trippers mostly the demographic is 40 plus year old men who are there just to have a little beer and it's a social thing more than anyway get away from the wife and kids and have a lovely time <laughs> out with their mates and drink beer and pretend they you know the completely different demographic that night at the Echo Arena you just thought fucking hell this sport has got it right 
Premier League has got it wrong. Like, no wonder fans up and down the country are campaigning about taking football back to grassroots and it's no longer a working class game. It's not a fucking working class game. It's 40 odd pound a ticket. Yeah. And then you're paying six pounds for a hot dog and four pounds for four pounds eighty, I think it is, for a plastic bottle of beer at Anfield these Shit. days. And it's probably the same up and down the country. Meanwhile, you go to the Echo Arena, I'm not saying you know, I didn't have a beer, I was working, but I did have a beer, really. I had two beers. Why did he even say that? Yeah, I had no. two beers. Of course I had two beers. <laughs> you, you were thinking that you were actually live on the radio then. Exactly. I was thinking, wait a minute, was I working? No, I wasn't working. I, you know, I was kind of working, but you know, I was enjoying myself. And You were taking advantage of your press passes. Basically, yeah, yeah. You? The demographic there. You weren't the working, were you? Well, I did. I, did. I wrote a nice colour piece for them, so... Uh, <laughs> The demographic difference onto the the main subject I'm trying to broach here is kids are going in groups to watch mixed martial arts, more specifically to watch Paddy the Baddy. Yeah, one guy. The fucking kid is going to be a superstar because, yes, his stand-up needs work. Yes, he's got to improve. Yes, he needs to learn. He's 22. He's just lost the Cage Warriors world title that used to be held by Conor McGregor. So fucking what? It's an L. It's not a loss. It's a learn. Mm. It's a learn as... John Kavanagh says, he will learn from that fight. He will move forward. He will get better. He will be in the UFC. He is getting 8,000 largely kids to buy tickets to watch a live event. No one else in the country. No one that else was probably- on TV. That was on, that was on TV. TV yeah. They could have sat in the living room and watched it. Who else is doing that? You tell me who else is doing that. You know, that was a similar crowd in the, in, in the Liverpool Echo Arena that was paying to watch British title fights just a few years ago featuring two Scousers. Yeah, yeah. They were selling that many tickets and that was bringing the city together, Derby, but all that kind of narrative behind it. This is one guy. This is one guy with an amazing golden mane of mm. hair that's fantastic <laughs> on the ground that has got some improvement to do because he's 22. Give yeah. him a fucking break. Listen, I had a hot... I was coming out of there, as you know, I raced out of there so as not to get sucked in by the, uh, by the Ketwig Mafia. But I, I raced out of there, and there was two guys in front of me. And one of them said, yeah, what do you think? Hype job. And I, I had to bite my lip because I thought, mate, what are you talking about? Hype job? 22. Fuck me, he's 22. So what? He's just lost the world title. So what? This is MMA. Like, a loss doesn't mean that. All it means is that you're learning. If you're not losing in MMA, you're not fucking fighting the right guys. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. way to think about it. No one in the industry, no one who knows anything about UK MMA, expected Paddy to win that fight. We all knew that was a really tough fight. Yeah, yeah. So what he lost, he will move on. He will get better. He will be in the UFC. Something magic is happening in Liverpool. With Paddy Pimlet, I'm telling you now, something very special is going on. For those that don't pay too much attention to mixed martial arts, UFC or whatever that we talk about on this particular show, but they are maybe coming across because of what we do with our boxing show, think Ricky Hatton. Think, yeah, think Ricky Hatton. Basically, basically that. Think what Ricky Hatton did, obviously, um, in the early 2000s and the journey that he took us all on. Yeah. This is where we're at now with this young kid. He's 22 years of age. He's got a lot of learning to do. In the next three years, you're probably going to anticipate that he's going to get signed by the UFC. 100%. He'll be in the UFC competing. And the good thing is, is that he puts bums on seats. For us, this yeah. is just us as fans. He Because he puts bums on seats and because he's so commercial, there's chances are that the UFC will take note of that because they're a money-making organisation and they go to themselves, well, let's go to this kid's hometown. Let's, yeah, yeah. let's go to his country because he's going to guarantee selling the gaff out for us. It's irrelevant whether he gets an ID or not. It doesn't matter. 100%. Well, he will he will be signed by the UFC. He will compete in the UFC. He's got too much about him, both inside and outside the, the cage, not to make it happen. And I tell you what, if, if, if I... Well, I do know people at the UFC, and I will be saying to them... You've got to sign this kid. You've got to do a show in Liverpool at long last, which they've talked about. For years, I've been asking that question, obviously, working with the UFC or covering a lot of UFC events. They've always said, oh, we will come to Liverpool. We will. It will happen. It will happen. They've got to sign him. They've got to do a show in Liverpool. And they'll tell you what, you know where they should do? UFC Fight Night Ibiza. <laughs> How fucking big would that be? How big would that be? It would literally... The whole of Liverpool, all these teenagers, they, let's say it's in three years' time, they're like coming up to their early 20s or 18, 19. That's like a pilgrimage for most young Scouse kids anyway. Go to Ibiza. Imagine they do UFC fight night Ibiza. We'll be selling glow sticks out. Paddy the Baddy, mate, on the main card. Oh, there you go. Get your Paddy the Baddy wigs. Get your Paddy the Baddy wigs. Two for one. Paddy exactly. the Baddy wigs. Glow sticks, you name it. And then you get off to cream afterwards, don't you? Perfect. Scouse Evan. Perfect. Exactly. The ultimate Scouse weekender in, uh, in Ibiza. 
Good to see in attendance, obviously, some UFC superstars, obviously, that are connected to various fighters that were fighting at Cage Warriors. Jimmy was there. Yeah. Brad was there. I'll tell you something. Brad's warm-up of Nathaniel was the funniest thing. Of, you wouldn't have seen this because you were in the arena. Mm-hmm. Have you watched it back on TV yet? No. It's piss funny, right? So Brad's um, obviously trains um, with, I can't remember his surname, young Nathaniel. He fought, uh, fought Vaughan Lee. He, he won't beat Vaughan Lee. He beat Vaughan Lee. He put, yeah, yeah. He put the an absolute masterclass yeah, yeah, yeah. In, in, the, in the second round. But as he's entering the cage, Brad literally beats him up. So <laughs> they are cage side. He's He's been rubbed down. He's, he's checked his gum shield. He's done all that. He turns around for a final hug of his team. Brad slaps him in the face once, slaps him in the face again, <laughs> and then just for good measure, whacks him as hard as he can in his face again. I think it's just like, listen, it's game time now. Get yeah, your face yeah. on. Get Switch your face. on. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And he goes in there, and fair enough. First, Maybe that's why he lost the first round. Maybe. Right? I was going to say. Brad sparks. Backed him a little bit on the outside. Nathaniel Wood. That's the name. It scared me for a second. Nathaniel yeah, yeah. Wood. First round, Von Lee, obviously a legend. Yeah, yeah. Done great. Former UFC yeah. superstar. Good he looked great. Yeah, he, he looked great. First round, he looked, I thought, it may be a step too far for the young kid here. Yeah, yeah. Second round was a striking completely different story. masterclass. Well, he caught Von Lee right at the beginning of that round. It and was it changed unreal. the fight completely. Completely mm. changed the fight. Masterclass from the young kid. Yeah. He's got a big future. Well, he's already. Uh, gonna, he's going to get a title shot for next, the next I think. Yeah, title, yeah. And the other one, I, th- to be honest, the best fight of the night was young Molly McCann against the American guy. Oh, uh, Meatball. Honest to God, Meatball that was a belted of a fight. Yeah, it was good. That was absolutely ace, and obviously so she had a big support does as well. It as well it? Yeah, exactly. Well, she had a big support there as well, obviously. But uh, yeah, she's definitely one to look out for as well. It's not often I go and watch a, an entire MMA fight card and come away saying the girls' fight was the best fight. But hats down, I, I enjoyed that one. I also uh, always appreciate a standing guillotine. And when uh, the butcher. A, mate, I love it. Whenever there's a standing guillotine finish, I get dead excited. Yeah. Really excited because it's, well, it's just pure strength in it. I had to ring the butcher afterwards and I'd done a piece with him with, for, for Fighters Only for the next issue of the magazine because uh, a stand, standing guillotine, man, the way he did it as well, he's oh. back against the fence. This guy comes as a bit of a reputation even though he's not been too active and everything else but caught him with a big shot and didn't let him off the hook but instead of rushing at him and throwing shots at him, just took that head, nice little front headlock, up against the fence. Good night. Yeah, it was brilliant. Really Good impressed. night. Um, before we get stuck into UFC, because I know people tune into this because they want to get the full rundown and our thoughts on UFC 210, we've got to talk about Rampage and King Mo, which happened the night before Cage Warriors. Yes. But it aired, I think, in the UK on Spike on Saturday night. I don't fuck it. Listen, I don't know. I, I, this is the problem with Bellator and Spike in they the UK. They should have just done it live. One, why don't they just do it live? Because if BT can run UFC events live, they can show. And it's it's all owned by the same company anyway. Yeah. You know, they they... It's owned by Viacom, which owns Bellator, which owns Spike UK <laughs> and owns Channel 5 and owns TV, Spike man. America. It's not fucking hard just to tick the box and go, yeah, put it on live. We mm. own it. Mm. But anyway, that's what you the make of the Bellator. Fight, what do you make of the fight? Rampage, to me, looked like he'd gone big at the buffet. He looked yeah. massive. Well, he had titties, didn't he? He had, like, proper titties. <laughs> you know, and that, that obviously doesn't help, does it? You know, if you go on into a fight with a set that of tits word, on you. That word, titties, right? <laughs> I remember saying that to my missus years and years ago, right? I was pissed up just fucking about, right? And I said that word, she went, don't say that word. It makes them sound disgusting. <laughs> so I just kept doing it. And now, obviously, it's a wind-up word, isn't it? Whenever I want to wind it up, titties. You know what I mean? Brilliant. You've got to chuck it in there. It's a great word. Great I, word. It's one I don't use, actually. I go with boobies at the moment. I'm teaching the baby boobies. Because uh, it just because it wrecks Jane's head, and Jane's like, "Will you stop telling boobies?" Because he's going to go to play school, and he's going to say the same thing to Anne Marie or the girls in play school. And I'm like, "Where's Mum's boobies? <laughs> boobies? <laughs> Titties or boobies? That's yeah. the one, isn't it? We're going to get people now tweeting us, going, "Well, I go with I go with this, or I yeah, go with exactly, this particular yeah. word." In fact, do so. We enjoy yeah. that. We'll retweet everything, and then uh, we'll tag in our wives. What do you use? Yeah, what? titties or boobies or so- something alternative? What do you prefer? <laughs> At Fight Disciples. But on the subject of uh, fighters having titties or boobies, yeah, yeah. Rampage did look big, man. He looked like he, he looked, seriously it, gone in on the sausage rolls. I don't know what the fuck's going on with Rampage. Apparently that's his last fight with Bellator. Now he's allowed to. He's now contractually obliged to go back and fight in the UFC again because he's, he had that one fight with Maldonado, but then he shouldn't have, and then he had to get a court case and... I don't know, it's a mess. But to be honest with you, looking at the state of him, you think, oh, that's the fucking point. You know, you're not the fighter you once was. So, you know, he's probably he's probably better off staying at Bellator and fighting the Chael Son and Tito Ortiz, joining that Legends tour that yeah. Bellator have got on. Listen, I ain't knocking that because I'm looking for, I want to fight, I want to watch Vandalay against Chael Sonnen. But it isn't. It is what it is. You know, Rampage is where he belongs right now. He doesn't, he comes back to the UFC, what does he do? Who does he fight? You tell me. You know, Vito or something like that. 
He's where he, he's where he belongs. Let them crack on. King Mo getting better now. That's, well, they called him out, and I think they're making that fight, aren't they? I think they are making it, yeah. And do you know what? It's probably not a bad idea because I've, you know, I talked about this when they first signed uh, Ryan Bader, or when they were talking about Ryan Bader going over to Bellator. Phil Davis is obviously the champion. I was in Sweden a couple of years ago. I was sitting literally five feet from the octagon with <laughs> Phil it's Davis. Your favorite fight of all time, isn't it? Fought Ryan Bader. No, you loved it. Worst UFC fight no, you loved I've ever it. seen. You've actually written time. about that. You've written so many beautiful articles <sighs> about that particular fight. So I'm quite glad that Scott Coker and the Bellator guys have gone. Do you know what, Ryan? You can go and fight King Mo because we nobody wants to see Bader versus Phil Davis too. I'm sorry. <laughs> There'll be people googling this now just to check um, your validity of your your thought process. Don't even bother. Yeah, no, God, no, don't watch it. Don't Honestly, even bother. Save yourself fifteen minutes of your life and just take my word for it. It was shit. Go play with some titties or some boobies. <laughs> yeah, some boobies. <laughs> boobies. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Right, two ten. Let's get stuck in because we've had a bit of a slow burn at the start of uh, this particular year. Two oh eight wasn't awesome. 2-1-9 was okay, but the main event didn't really kick off. 2-10, we're expecting fireworks. Now, we've said this on many, many occasions, right? When we've gone for the pay-per-view events, we've gone crazy on it. He said, listen, this is going to be amazing. Come to the UFC. Come and watch the UFC. And then it's always been the fight night ones that have been I've brilliant. Been yeah. I.e. Um, London uh, and Fort Zeller in Brazil. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. Those ones were absolutely unbelievable. So we're hoping, fingers crossed, that this 2-10 is going to do the business. Now, I look down the card. And I know that you're an expert at this, and you're going to look at certain fights there, and you're going to go, oh, that'll be nice, that'll be good, and that'll be good, and they will be good. Yep. I'm going to treat this as a casual fan, okay? okay. I'm yeah. going to come at this from the angle of a casual fan, because the casual fan will look at that card and go, there's two fights there, there's two. And I'm looking at, the, obviously, the big one, DC and Rumble, yep. and I'm looking at Masasi, and I'm looking at Weidman. That's what I'm looking at, okay? So, yeah. So that's where I'm at. That's the ones that are wetting my whistle. That's what's getting me dead excited. And we're going to go right to the top, First of all, DC Rumble. It is a rematch. It's a rescheduled rematch because we were anticipating to see this earlier, but he had a dodgy groin, can didn't we, it? Can we just cross our fingers cross and everything. our toes? Because, you know, at the end of the day, we've still got a couple of days to go and anything could happen. Um, let's just hope it does actually happen. I'm, you know my thought process on DC. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think he's a stand-up guy. I think he's a top geezer. I think he's brilliant on the TV. I love listening to him speak. I love watching him do his thing. But when he gets in the octagon, man, sometimes he just bores the shit out of me. And I think he's, he's a grinder. Well, that's it. It's just that American wrestling, um, his attitude towards fighting, that's his strength. And that's yeah. what he goes to nine times out of ten. And it bores me a little bit because I like to see striking. He was more of a knockout puncher when he was a heavyweight since he's come down to light heavyweights. Because this sounds mental, but at light heavyweight, the guys are bigger and longer. And at heavyweight, they're more solid. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they're more like... Kane or you know Mark Hunt, these guys who are just fucking monsters, basically. But they aren't necessarily big and long like John Jones, John Jones. Alexander Gustafsson. These guys are just such long limbs, and I think that's why Cormier's had to change his fighting style slightly. He's not as aggressive in the stand-up anymore because John Jones and Alexander Gustafsson and Rumble Johnson are better than him in stand-up. Yeah. So he's had to adjust his game. He's had to play to his strengths. This guy's a former two-time Olympian. You know, he's in the Olympic team twice, so he plays to his strength, which is of course his wrestling game. Listen, don't get his me wrong. Game. He's good. At it and he's brilliant at it. Yeah, However, yeah. just as me as a as an observer, from pure entertainment, it bores me. Yeah, yeah, of course. I don't want to see him cuddling somebody on the deck. No, no, because we're British and that's all. Wait, you know, we're not brought up with college wrestling and everything else. I bet you the same conversation in Ohio. Mm. You've got two guys sitting around going, who've grew up wrestling the entire life. Oh, DC's the best man. I love his his grappling game. Fuck that stand up. Yeah, know. but they wear fucking latex. That's not, true. You know what Them I mean? onesies with the little. Yeah. We should get a singlet. We should get a singlet made for you. Do you reckon? Yeah, let's and get one you of a them, singlet. Done. What are them like ear protectors? Earmuffs. Yeah, yeah, the, the earmuffs yeah, for, yeah. the, for the proper wrestlers. <laughs> where you look like you're a little bit special. Man, we should get you a singlet. Definitely. Get me in there, man. I'm, I'm going to make that happen. I'm and gonna I'll do the show in it week in week out. Actually, no, I don't want to see you in no. the fucking... And let's let's, to, let's need, move on. I need to put some socks down that. Let me tell you, mate, just, hey, to, just to pad it out a little bit. Just on. to pad that bad boy out. But listen, so what are we going to do? Are we going to call this fight? You know, Yeah, we're going to okay, call you, it. But you call it. I mean, well, you I'm tell just, me, me, are we backgrounding it still? Are we just going to get knee-deep in it or whatever? Well, because I've got... This, this fight, I'm flip-flopping. And I've been flip-flopping all week. Because there's a reason why Daniel Cormier does exactly the same as he did in the first fight. Yeah. There's also a, a reason why Rumble Johnson 
has got the edge in this fight compared to the We'll last go to fight. the second bit because I'm, I'll tell you where I'm at, yeah? I think this is going to play out exactly how the first fight did. Yeah. I think Rumble's going to come, he's going to land, and he will put him on his backside a couple of times because he's got ridiculous power. Yeah. Um, but DC proved in the first fight that he can take a knock. And yeah, he took a big good, time. He, he took a big right hand. He, he, well, he took a couple, didn't he? You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And then he gassed, did Rumble. Midway and, through the second. And therefore jumped on his back, did DC, and he yeah. did what he did. He grinded him down and choked him out. I think it'll go a little bit longer this time round. My prediction is a fourth round submission for DC. Yeah. Because I think it's going to play out the exact same thing. I think it's going to come out fast, Is Rumble Johnson. He's going to throw some bombs. He's going to land some bombs. People are going to get excited and go, fucking hell, look at this. This is unbelievable. Yeah. DC's a tank, man. And he's he's going to want to... He's, he's a proud man. He ain't going anywhere. And John Jones is ringside. So he's going to want that fight. He's going to want that fight. And I think he'll stay in there. He'll wait for him to gas. Rumble will gas at some point because he's just gone fucking look at the muscle mass of the geezer, right? He's got to gas at some point. This is a five round fight. I reckon it will be around the middle of round three that he'll start to go. And then by round four, it'll be DC's fight. He'll take him on the deck and he'll 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 squeeze his head. End of. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. It makes sense. I'm just going to throw a few hurdles in there. Go on then. Who's DC been training with? Kane's out. Kane's got no intention of coming back anytime soon. He's fucking riddled with injuries. Said he's he's been training with Khabib. Heel. He's actually been training with Luke Rockhold, hasn't he? Well, Rockhold's out as well. He's injured at the moment yeah, yeah, yeah. as well. So he, how, how much, I, I, I how much he, has he been in camp? Well, he's, he's, been, he's struggling. Been, he's been doing the stand-up with Rockhold. But he's been struggling with his knee injury and everything yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. So Rockhold ain't grappling. So who's, who's grappling? <laughs> so Yeah, probably Khabib. Khabib's yeah. been eating tiramisu, even though he's denying it now. But even Khabib's back in Dagestan now, as yeah, we know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm just talking about... In terms of quality, who has DC had in the gym? Who is usual training partners? That's the one question I want to raise. Second one, and Brendan Schaub mentioned this this week, is that DC is doing so much TV stuff for Fox now. He's like their, one of their main UFC presenters for yeah. their magazine shows. Now, the Fox studios are in LA. He lives over in San Diego. You know, he's, he's traveling. In some, from San Jose to LA, he's do you reckon he'll be he'll be burnt out. So he's doing a lot of travelling to and from the studio to do these shows around his training. This is like me coming from Manchester to Liverpool to do this show. You know what I mean? I'm feeling a little bit tired. Well, exactly, burnt out, yeah. exactly, yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you look it, you look burnt out. Cheers, mate. <laughs> but it's like so he's not committed 100% to his training and his training when it is happening there's a question mark about who he's actually training with not just physically with. but psychologically 100% of course he's not switched on now Rumble we know the Rumble setup. okay Black Zillions is, we're hearing has imploded yeah. but that was a while ago now a couple of months ago now things have settled down Henry Hoofter's got his own gym sorted in Florida everyone seems to be they've either gone that way or the other way mm. and Rumble certainly seems to have gone with Henry Hoof so you would expect them to be a happy ship there. Yes, it's very much a striking ship, but the setup, he's controlled. He's, he's, we haven't seen anything of Rumble except in camp, where Dominic Cormier has been doing this, this, and this. And the question I want to raise is look what happened to Dominic Cruz against Cody Garbrandt. Cody Garbrandt was just a kid, fucking training, getting better every single day. Meanwhile, Dominic Cruz, like Cormier, doing a lot of TV work, got commitments, doing this, kissing babies, polishing his belt, <laughs> as well as training. And the, and even Alliance as well, that's slightly thinned. You know, Ross Pearson's not there no more. He's, a, he's not quite, who, who was he training with? So I just want to put that narrative out there in terms of... Listen, stop DC's covering. got a lot more on stop his plate covering these all days. your bases. And Rumble... Is got, Rumble give me could be focused. Don't, okay. give me, don't cover all the bases. What you've done there, you basically sat right on the fence. Give it me. Because now what you're going to do is, if whatever which way it goes, you're going to say, well, I did say that this might happen, or I did this. I've told you. I think that is going to happen. You're DC, going fourth round sub- submission. Round four, after losing probably the first two rounds. I'm going to go for a Rumble Johnson knockout in the first round. Shit the bed! You've just said... <laughs> Just like, commit to something, so I'm going to commit fuck to it. it fuck. You reckon he's going to land this time? Three straight knockouts since he's lost to Cormier. He's been asking for this fight for a while. I don't see him asking for this fight if he's going to go in with exactly the same tactics. For me personally, he's got to have been doing nothing in every single fight camp. He's in every single day he walks into training at that new setup in Florida. They should be right. Okay, we're going to do live sparring now. Anthony, on your back, please. Start him on his back every single session for everyone. 
Right, Spartan Anthony, on your back, please. On your back, please. On your back, please. Because mm. what he's got to learn is to get up off the ground and then get back. Because that's his world. Stand-up world is Anthony Rumble Johnson's world. As soon as he's on the floor, he's in trouble. Now, this is a guy that was a former stand-up college wrestler himself. Like, yeah. he's fucking so his takedown defence is actually good. The stats on his takedown defence is good. But... The Cormier is a different animal, you see. Of course DC's he is. He pro, picks you know, big dudes up and he slams exactly. them down. He's on one of the best wrestlers in the UFC period. Certainly the most decorated wrestler ever to be Single in the UFC. Single or double leg takedown, doesn't matter. He's a beast. So Rumble has got to learn takedown defence, but not only that, getting up off the floor. As soon as you hit the floor, get up. As soon as you hit the floor, get up. Cormier can take him down 20 times in every round. Mm. As long as he keeps getting back to his feet and getting back to the stand, and Rumble's got a chance. But you know what? I just think that... Because you're going one way, I'm going to go the other. I'm going to go with Rumble, no, Knockout, no. Face Give round. me what you genuinely believe. No, ge- genuinely, genuinely I'm believe genuinely that. 50-50, yeah. I'm genuinely 50-50, so, you know, I'm not going to... Yours is a great prediction. Thanks. But I think mine's... Better. Yeah, mine's better, yeah. <laughs> Yours is the one that I want. I that do as well. Like we're in a musical there, didn't it? I do. Do you know why? More than anything else, because... As we know, John Jones is going to fight the winner of this. That's fucking a gimme. You know, mm. they don't, they're not going to fly him into Buffalo to do a press thing on the Friday before the fight if he ain't going to be lined up to fight the winner. I'm sorry, Jimmy Manoa. That was his moment to call out John Jones in London and force your way to be there this weekend in Buffalo. Jimmy, of course, has called out David Hay. That's took on a whole life of its own anyway. Mm. But John Jones is clearly going to fight the winner next. Now, I think if John Jones fights Cormier, same thing happens last time. I think John Jones wins that fight. Yeah, it'll be a good fight, but yeah, John yeah. Jones wins the fight because he's better than Cormier. John Jones better than everybody, let's be honest. But John Jones against Rumble. We know John Jones likes to beat people at their own game. He likes to fight people in their fight. That's a fight. I think John Jones stands up with Rumble to prove a point because that's what John Jones does. That's why we love him. So I want to see John Jones with Rumble more than I want to see John Jones versus DC. That's why I want Rumble to win. Hell of a shout. There you go. There's two predictions for you. Take with that whatever you will. Pinch make, of salt. <laughs> yeah. Make sure you stay up with us um, into the early hours of Sunday morning for a little bit of that. We'll be all over social media at Fight Disciples on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. The other fight that is catching my imagination is because my boy, Gegard Mousasi, is oh, in action boy. against Chris Weidman. However, however... There's doubts creeping into my mind with this. Oh. No, there is. There is. There is. Right. You're I, my sassy's biggest fanboy. I am, right? But I know that Weidman's coming off back-to-back losses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know he is. Chilling losses as well. Really chilling losses, especially the one against Joe Romero when he cracked his skull clean open and yep. split him right across the octagon. However, yeah, I've been watching quite a lot of videos of what Weidman did to Anderson Silva, right? I know, <laughs> I know it's years back, but this is a kid that had everything at, at one point of his career. He came on a bit of a tear. He was ripping up the middleweight division for fun. He was the shining light. He was the boy, okay? And then Luke Rocco put a stop to that, and then obviously what we saw last time out against Yo Romero. Yep. However, I just think because he got to a certain point, maybe his eye was taken off. What you've just been talking about with DC, I think mm-hmm. his eye maybe was taken off what, got him to that particular position. Yep. Again, I've been watching a lot of Embedded this week, reading to that what you will, and I've been watching various other little bits. I just think there's a little bit of something about Weidman this looks good. time. He looks in great shape. Yeah. He, he's talking right. There's a little bit of a bit between his teeth. Going into that Yo Romero fight, I still didn't believe him with what he was saying. I start, I believe him now. I believe what he's saying. I believe what he's, uh, his coach is saying. I believe everything about it. I think they've gone back to basics, and he, he poses a real threat because... You don't return from three knockouts on the spin. You, you know what I mean? If he if he wants to be the middleweight champion again, yep. it's going to be very long road back if he's coming off the back of three, especially yep. if he's been beating off three of the top boys as well. You know what I mean? Of course. It's hard to come back from that. So I think there's an added incentive for him to obviously do his thing this time round. But he's fighting my boy. He's fighting Gegard. He's Gegard's fighting... Gegard's on the team, he's man. Fi- he's fighting Leonardo from the Ninja Turtles. If you've not seen that video of me do- him doing that, go and check it out. It's on our website, fightdisciples.com. Four straight wins. If you go against Musasi, I'm going to text them and say Adam's gone against you. No, no, no! Don't even start that. Okay, this is my this is my prediction. Okay, Musasi decision. I Ooh. just think Weidman he, he's going to be in no there like a dog, lose. man. He's going to be in there like a dog, and he's not going to want to let it go. Even if he gets tagged, he's going to be up days, whatever. Yep. I just think there's too much on the line for both lads because Musasi's inches away from a title shot. He really is. So. I'm going to go Masasi decision. There you wow. go. There you go. Awesome. And I think it'll be an absolute barnstorm because they've both got to bring it. I think it's a great fight. Um, I think, I'm like you, I think Weidman looks amazing at the moment. Really good. Now, funny you should talk about Anderson Silva. 
I was ring. I was literally cage side in Las Vegas at the MGM for the first Anderson Silva fight. <laughs> And uh, we went and partied with the, the guys from Bad Boy afterwards as well because they were one of his main sponsors. And that was just a remarkable moment. I've actually seen that. Really as, coming of age night, that. Oh, that was phenomenal. That was absolutely phenomenal. And I, I spent, um, <clears throat> after the fight, there was a, the post-fight press conference and everything else. And I actually spent about 40 minutes interviewing his jiu-jitsu coach, John Danaher. And he was saying it was just purely a psychological thing. He said, this guy, I think he was 12 and 0 at the time, Weidman, something like that. Mm. And uh, he said all it was was psychological because everyone gets beat psychologically before Anderson Silva, before they get there. He said, for years, we've built this kid to beat Anderson Silva. That's in his mind. Not just once, but twice. We've got to beat Anderson Silva twice because we knew we'd win tonight, but we know there's going to be a second fight because Anderson Silva's a leg end and, you know, everything else, the greatest of all time in a lot of people's eyes. So... They knew that. They built him to do that. And I think you're right. I think there was a certain level of drop-off. After you do that, after you become the world yeah. champion, you beat Anderson for a second time, I think there's a psychological drop-off where you think, I've clocked the game. I'm here. the boy. I'm yeah, the boy. I've, I've clocked the game. And then obviously he beats Machida, he beats Vita Belfort, and he's coasting by then. Then he runs into Rockhold. Now, the Rockhold fight, if you watch it back, I watched it back last week, it's actually a, a pretty close fight. Weidman's ahead in that fight. I'm thinking yes, Weidman. And then he tries that weird spinning elbow, whatever it was, the spinning kick thing, and spins into trouble. And that's where Rockhold seizes on the opportunity. And from there, he doesn't let Weidman up. You know, he doesn't give Weidman the opportunity to come back. Then, if you think about the Romero fight, he's winning the Romero fight. Yes, he is. Until that absolutely freakish flying knee completely and utterly smashed his skull everywhere. So He ducked into that knee. Yeah, in a way, completely, didn't he? yeah. He completely did. Now, I'm not taking anything away from Romero. He timed that knee perfectly as he was shooting in. Perfect. Great finish. Not take nothing away from that. But what I'm trying to say is Weidman was winning. He was in the Rock Hall fight, very much in the fight until he made a mistake. He was winning the Romero fight until he got caught by that flying knee. I think Weidman, if he can rebuild himself psychologically, if he's right switched on, which this week he does look like he is, yeah. I think we could, on his day, he's the best middleweight in the world. I know you could say that about them all. Over Rockhold? I'd say... I think he's got the best physical attributes to be the best in the world. His base, you see, because of that wrestling base, his, his MMA wrestling base is phenomenal. Yeah, it's sick. Wyman, absolutely ridiculous. Plus, he's, he's he a can worker bang. like he can bang mm. as well. I think Rockhold's got the reach advantage on the feet, but on the ground, well, Rockhold's great jiu-jitsu as well. I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> that fight's not happening right now. So, basically, for, to call this fight, yeah, I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with Wideman. And I'm going to go with Weidman on points. And I'm going to go with Weidman on shutout on points as well. And it kills me to say that because Musasi's been like a breath of fresh air to this division since last 18 months, two years, when he started using his mouth as well as his fists. Mm. I think he's really come into his own. He's had Yes, he's had four straight wins, which are great. But who's he actually beat? He's beat nobody. You know, a washed up Dan Henderson. Vita. And, you know, Vito's finished and things like that. It's like he's never really broken anyone in the top five, in my opinion. Someone. That's... But if he if he takes out Chris Weidman, if he takes out Weidman, then he, he deserves the next shot. In my opinion, deserves the next shot at, at Bisping after Romero. You know, it's hard to know what the fuck's going on there because. <laughs> You know, are we still supposed to believe GSP is going to take this fight? Because I don't. Ah, well, that's coming up in a minute, my friend. It's coming up in a minute. I that don't. don't go. Don't go. Anyway, on TT. so yeah, there you go. So, so we're split again. You're going to go with Musasi on points. I'm going to go with Wyvern on points. Nice one. There you go. Um, there are other fights on there. Do you want to quickly wax lyrical on anything that has caught your eye? Because I'll be honest with you, there's only two really main fights that do it for me on that card. But I've no doubt you will know. Yeah, I love the rest. Lads. The rest of that main card. Will Brooks, the former Bellator champion, he uh, he's had a little stumble since he came into the UFC but he was an absolute killer before he came into the UFC he gave up the Bellator lightweight belt to make the transition over to the UFC fights Charles Oliveira as the opener to the main card that's a belter of a fight then in welterweight Thiago Alves an old friend of mine who's obviously a former title challenger massive massive star in the sport just five or six years ago he's coming back against Patrick Cote I think Alves probably People fancy to win this fight, but for me, Alves is part of the last generation. I don't think, you know, he, he reminds me a bit like a smaller version of Vita Belfort. Mm. I don't think physically these days, i.e., you saw the drug testing, I don't think physically his body can cope with this level that the sport is at. I think Patrick Cote is a huge welterweight. I expect Cote to win that fight. And then further down, I just want to quickly name check my, my tip for a performance of the night bonus and that is Miles Jory, the featherweight against Mike Del, uh, Delatore. 
great fight. We haven't seen Miles Jory for well over a year now. He was on an absolute tear as a lightweight. I think he went 15 and 0. Then he runs into Donald Cerrone and Cowboy Oliveira, I believe, loses two fights but in 2015. Didn't even fight at all in 2016. Now he's come back as a featherweight. Miles Jordy had everything. He, he was like, think about where, where we are mentally now with Max Holloway. That's where Miles Jordy was like at the end of 2014, heading into 2015. He was a fucking superstar. So I'm really excited to see him come back a featherweight. And then the other one I want to mention is Kamaru Usman, who trains with our boy, um, Danny Roberts, uh, formerly at Braxillians, but obviously yeah. now with Henry Hoof and stuff. Kamari Usman, he won the Ultimate Fighter, Braxillians versus ATT, if you remember that show. Uh, he's an absolute monster of a grappler, but he can bang as well. And even though he's fighting the fighter, nobody wants the fight at welterweight Sean fucking Strickland, who beat Tom Brees and who beat Luke Barnett and beat all these fucking young hot prospects. I expect Kamari Usman to do a number on him. Look out for him as well. This is the Fight Disciples podcast. Subscribe now via the iTunes store. There's other news going on in the world of UFC, uh, one of which is going to please Nick because I'm coming round to thinking that Michael Bisping, George St. Pierre, might not just happen. <laughs> I told, told you. Mate, you've been telling me for months that when they, even when they made this fight, you went, I'll believe it when I see it. I'll believe it when they made the octagon walk. Why has GSP not arranged the date yet? Why has he not arranged the date? What's the problem? I don't know. I don't know. Even if the date is September, October, November, it doesn't matter. Just arrange the date. Let's do it. We're doing it on this date. He's, um, surely he's not going to do a press conference and a head-to-head and fucking announce it. This was the problem, you see. When they did that press conference, when they did the head-to-head and everything else, when they didn't release a date, I thought, what the fuck is going on? Like, you've got to give us a date now as well. You can't just go, this fight's going to happen. Because where does that leave Yol Romero or the rest of the middleweight Bispin division? Himself. And Bispin. Like, Bispin himself came out last week, didn't he, and said, if you don't sign this week, George... I'm going to fight Romero in July instead. So, I don't know. That July card as well, incidentally. John Jones is ringside this weekend. Yeah. John Jones's 12-month ban. Finishes then. Finishes at midnight the night before mm. 2-1-3 yeah. in Las Vegas. So, he could possibly be the headliner in Las Vegas. So, if someone wins quick on Saturday and is relatively unscathed, don't be surprised if John Jones versus... DC slash Rumble is the headliner there. In which case, they won't need Bisping with GSP. In mm. which case, that might get moved back further. Maybe that's what they're waiting for. If if, if Rumble and DC have a grueling five-rounder and whoever wins is still bashed up and they're unable to fight in July, maybe that's when they go, okay, GSP, Bisping, headlines in July, that big show at the end of International Fight Week. Mm. Or if someone comes through this, then they can say to GSP, okay, take that little bit of it. GSP's told us for, he's been doing nothing but training for four years mm. and he's been getting better and doing this. Well, what the fuck do you need more time in fight camp for then? You just told us you've been in camp for four years I don't know man listen I told you didn't I you did I said don't get too excited I'm now 50-50 I was 100% now I'm right down to 50-50 that yeah. I think it might not happen hopefully it will hopefully it no, will I want, We've it got happen. A I want it to happen for listen, Mike so he gets paid out I've just commissioned a fucking big feature on GSP <laughs> and why why he's coming to the sport late in the next to be featured in the June issue of Fighters Only magazine he better fucking had come back <laughs> Um, speaking of things that I've no doubt you'll be all over on Friday of this week it will be weigh-in day when in Buffalo for UFC 210 but just before weigh-in very similar to what we saw with Bispin and GSP host in their uh, press conference before the previous weigh-in of 209 it will be a press conference for a certain Mr. Jones, your John favourite Bones. of all time. The greatest. Well, you've told me when his bands and then you've just done that a couple of seconds ago. Yeah. Um, you're not holding a press conference if you're not announcing a fight. Exactly. And I think they're going to say, you know, I'll fight, Jones will fight the winner. Whether they commit to a date, that date in July just screams to me because it's 24 hours. Well, it's not even that. It's probably, it's probably about 10 hours after this ban uh, ends. Mm. So whether they announce that date in particular or just say John's here because he's going to get in the cage and go nose to nose with the winner and we're going to announce the date later and they'd probably say you know as I say they might say to DC and Rumble listen you win this thing quick you're going to fight John in July if you don't we're going to get John in nose to nose we'll announce the date at a later date um, but listen regardless fucking great to see John Jones back listen we, we talked about him on the show when he fucked up and we got suspended and everything else and what yes you know the drug thing is, is not good and uh, you know it's been proven now or he's managed to prove that it was a tarnished supplement so let's give him the benefit of the doubt you know they've, they've accepted that they said it was a tarnished supplement they give him a 12 month ban basically a slap on the wrist let's accept that then you know they've, they've obviously done their investigations and found that to be true let's just embrace John for what he is the bad guy he's a baddie mm. you know ignore all the shit on his Instagram about God and Jesus and all that 
bollocks. He's a bad guy. He's like the Mike Tyson of of, of the mixed martial arts world. He's the he's the baddest guy on the planet. He's a fucking monster. He's the best fighter the UFC has ever seen, and that's why earlier in the show I said mentioned Anderson Silva and said greatest of all time in some people's opinion. I slipped that one in there because. For my, for me, John Jones is the greatest mixed martial artist the sport has ever seen, the greatest champion we've ever had. And if you don't believe me, if you're old school and you love Anderson Silva, listen, I'm not doubting what Anderson Silva was capable of doing in his heyday, but fucking put record to record, son. You have a look who Anderson beat, and you have a look who John Jones has beaten during his reign, and then fucking come back to me and tell me Anderson Silva's done more than John Jones. No chance. John Jones is the best thing this sport has ever seen, and the sooner he comes back, the better. All right. Do you want to take his dick out of your mouth? <laughs> <laughs> You're messing around. You've seen the size of John Jones. Yeah, proper fucking, job, that. That's I wouldn't, a, I wouldn't be able player. to fucking gargle with his <laughs> dick in my mouth. That's a two-player, that's son. <laughs> <laughs> um, Rafael Dos Anjos, he's making his welterweight debut. Uh, he's going to Singapore for Tarek Safidin. I love Tarek Safidin. Safidin. Yeah, yeah. I love Tarek Safidin. I've got a little story about Tarek Safidin, actually. Go on. He was about to be kicked out of America because his visa had run out. And he, uh, so he wrote to me personally and asked me to do him a little recommendation, which he took into court. Seriously? Yeah, yeah. I've done a nice piece for him, just saying, you know, obviously he was one of the best best welterweights on the planet, former Strike Force champion and whatever else. And, you know, I basically justified, I was one of, I'm justified sure. Justified why he should get a visa? Yeah, of course. He, he belongs to live in America because he's... So you're he backing him over uh, RDA? So I've got a personal relationship with Tarek, and he's an absolute diamond, an absolute lovely fella, wonderfully rounded mixed martial artist. Um, the thing with Rafael Sanyos is, what's he, got, what's he got left? You know, what's he got? What's he going to show it, us? Listen, it's a different weight division. We might see it. A... Well, he's had to move up because he's going nowhere at lightweight. And yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, similar to what you mentioned before about Chris Wyvern, what the fuck does he do if he loses the third fight? Well, Don Sanyos has lost a couple now at lightweight, so he's out of it. He's out of the mix. And plus, Connor's rode off into the sunset with that belt. So he's had to move up to welterweight to try and kickstart something similar to what Cowboy Cerrone did. Mm. So uh, it'll be interesting to see. I think that's pretty much home turf for Rafael de Sanyos because he trains out of Evolve. Remember, we talked about him yeah, yeah. ditching Rafael Cadero. He trains out of Evolve in Singapore. So I expect uh, de Sanyos to have a good following over there. But Dean trains out of Team Grudge with Dan Henderson and all that. I mean, the guy's a fucking killer. So I'm going to go with Tarek with that one. You mentioned Cowboy's name there, uh, him and Lawler. I'm being told that it's 50 <laughs> near enough done. I'm being told it's near enough done. So Ronnie's fa- signed the fight and Lawler's near enough going to sign the fight. There's a couple of things to iron out, but that's being made. I seen that and was just like, fuck. That's a good fight, isn't it? It's a wicked fight. Uh. A wicked fight because, you know. Cowboy doesn't like to go backwards, and Robbie Lawler's only got one one direction he moves in, <laughs> and that's forwards. So it's going to be uh, an absolute barnstorm. I'm surprised. You know, sometimes you've got to question who the fuck manages Cowboy's own. Yeah, he's nuts. Because he just takes fucking stupid fights, like that last fight he took, and it ruined his fucking title mm. chances at welterweight. Oh, all obviously in between wrestling. Masvidal, al- the Masvidal yeah, fight. But, what the fuck did he take but that? He's for? taking that in between wrestling alligators and surfing on bloody sky surfing he, and all this. This is why, and again, this is why he's got such a massive following, Cowboy Cerrone, because he just doesn't give a fuck, <laughs> does he? He just doesn't care. He drinks beer the night before. He goes fucking alligator wrestling and bungee jumping the day before fights. He just does what he wants to do. He just happens to cash in with a fight every other month as well you've got to love that mentality but this fight against Robbie Lawler man Robbie Lawler's a a big big welterweight Mm. a killer and um, that's a tough it's a big ask for Cowboy you've got to think Robbie's going to have the edge but uh, but you know he's he's left ATT now Robbie Lawless. So you don't know what's going on with his camp and everything else. I don't know. There's a wicked narrative behind it. I just want to see it. I just no. want to see that fight. Absolutely. Um, just finally, Khabib has said that he almost died when he was uh, cutting weight and w- for the fight that he missed with Tony Ferguson. He was eating fucking tiramisu in the. He's denying show. it. He's denying it, my friend. He's denying he said it. That listen. was just for the cameras. Didn't yeah, he? yeah, yeah. Khabib, listen, I can't be asked with Khabib at this moment in time. If you miss weight, you miss weight, and you go further down the line. In my opinion, I've said this on previous shows uh, before. Um, he's obviously desperate to get in the ring with Conor McGregor at some point, of which brings me on nicely to talk about Conor McGregor because Conor's in your home city this he weekend, sure brother. Yeah, exactly. He's coming Connor. to the Grand National. Yes, he's attending the Grand National on Saturday at a, at the guest of a, a nightclub in Liverpool City Centre. Fuck knows how much they're paying to fly him and undoubtedly an entire posse of uh, of his Irish pals over. But I am... Um, you know, I hope they are close enough to them to fucking ask for a couple of tips because them Irish boys, they know plenty about horse racing. Mm. 
So, uh, so yeah, apparently he's flying in on the Saturday morning and getting flown back out on the Sunday morning. So it's going to be a whistle stop thing. He's going to the, this nightclub and you know he's probably going to stand behind the DJ decks for ten minutes and pretend he's fucking DJing as well. But uh, but yeah, but yeah. the main purpose of the trip for Connor is to go to the Grand National. To go to the Grand National. Well, he's probably getting weighed into a hefty tune as well. Of course he is, man. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, he's going to Grand National on Saturday. Yeah. I think I might get a ticket. <laughs> <laughs> Connor fanboy. Mate, just, go, just go and camp out at the, uh, mate, at the John Con- Lennon if, airport. If, if Connor is within spitting distance, you've got to try your best to get amongst it, haven't you? You've got to go and have a little bit of a, a bit of a chat. Yeah, he's a good lad. He's a good lad. I mean, he used to be. I don't know. You can't to get within a, an inch of Connor now is fucking near on impossible. Yeah, but even going through the UFC press office, you know, you ask them for a request and they literally just laugh in your face because they can't get anywhere near him either. You know, he's he's on a completely different stratosphere these days. So, so if you are in, if you're from Merseyside and listen to this show, or if you, or if you're going friends, to traveling to the Grand National, hundred percent. One, you're going to see Conor McGregor, or you'll see some buzz about Conor McGregor, and your social media feeds will be absolutely littered with friends, family that have managed to acquire a selfie that they probably paid about 100, 200 quid for at some random nightclub, nightclub in Liverpool in Liverpool, on yeah. Saturday night. He will be smashing social media all over the place with Conor McGregor yeah. because of his appearance at uh, the most famous horse race in the world. And no doubt that lucky fucker will win it, won't he? Probably. He'll have some, he'll have some coin Mac. on Summit. Mystic, maybe we should reach out to him today on Mystic Mac and find out who his tip is yeah, for, for the National. Him. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. You're listening to the Fight Disciples podcast. Thank you once again for listening to our little show, which, if you weren't listening yesterday, I'm, I'm very proud to tell you. Yeah, I'm just going to say, we can't we can't let it go, you know? That we have been nominated as Best Sport Podcast at the British Podcast Awards. Nate Diaz voice. Go I'm on. not surprised, motherfucker! When... when <laughs> So this is the story of right That's when a I terrible California accent that so, one. Eh? So these uh, nominations came in on Friday. Somebody rang me to tell me that we've been nominated, and I obviously verified it, checked it on the internet, make sure that everything was kosher, uh, and it was. So then I phoned Nick. That he was the first person that I phoned. I said, "Mate, have you seen the nominations for this awards?" Now Nick was in the car with his kids and his wife at the time. Yeah, so obviously I couldn't speak. I couldn't swear. Yeah. So I told him what the score was. Brilliant. He was very dignified in front of his missus. That's great. She was very complimentary. Beautiful. Thank you very much, Jen, for all that. Superb. Uh, and then I found our other partner in crime, young Mike, who is uh, away this... He was away the weekend in London with his missus and all this type of stuff. He does all our website stuff. Brilliant work. So us three, with a little bit of a, uh, a conversation over text and phone call saying, hey, great, well done, lads. Superb stuff. Next thing you know, this meme comes through from Pete, right? <laughs> It had all died down. We had about five, ten minutes. Obviously, he managed to get himself a little moment away from the kids. He's been taking them to, I don't know, some soft play centre at the weekend with the wife and all this type of stuff. He's managed to escape them for two minutes to make a meme and send it my way. And it was Nate Diaz holding a microphone going, I'm not surprised, motherfucker! (laughs) I was, but he wasn't. There you go. It was a good meme. It was a good meme. It was. Uh, But there you go. We have been nominated for Best Sport Podcast at the British British Podcast Awards. Uh, And for all your messages of congratulations, Congratulations and lovely five-star reviews that you've thrown our way over the last uh, 12 months or so. We thank you very much because we wouldn't do this without you. It would just be us two sat here talking nonsense and it's always good to get feedback yeah. from you and get your thoughts on fights and stuff like that. All right, me and him have given you our predictions for UFC 210 this week, but chuck yours our way. Yeah, yeah. How do you see those fights going Who's that we were talking about? Yeah. And if you Call it properly as well, like properly call around, call a finish, whatever. Yeah, if you yeah. get it right, man, we'll, we'll get you on the show. Absolutely. And you can be our maybe betting correspondent. Yeah, yeah we'll take it on. Yeah, yeah we'll take your odds. Uh, so get in contact with us at Fight Disciples, whether it be Facebook, Twitter or Instagram, whatever is your poison, we are there, man, on a day-to-day basis. Come and join that uh, discussion. And if this is the first time you've stumbled across us and you're thinking, hey, this is all right, I might fancy this again next week, hit subscribe, fightdisciples.com. Go there. There's a lovely little button that takes you to our iTunes hit the subscribe button and you'll never miss out on any of our daily content. Make sure you're with us early doors Sunday morning when we see UFC 210 go down. Yeah. Have a wonderful weekend. Thank you for listening. If you like what you heard, subscribe via iTunes.